Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This revenge story takes place almost 60 years ago, back when the KKK were prevalent in America. Now, we all know what the clan were like back then. Racist, violent, just horrific people in general. But one clever farmer had had enough of the clan's influence and decided to do something about it. Old Fart gets his revenge. This story was from my grandpa, who knew this guy when he was growing up in the 1960s. So we'll call this guy Henry. He was old as anything when this story took place. In New Mexico, in the early 1960s, Henry owned a decent-sized ranch. Now, Henry was a bad mother effer. In his younger days, he fought in World War I and was rumored to be a gunfighter in the last days of the Wild West. He was also rumored to be associated with the mafia in Chicago in the 1920s when he went to college. Henry had about 15 ranch hands and three sons. He had lots of cattle and land. His youngest son was in the army at this point in time, and the other two had other jobs. A lot of his ranch hands were black, and some were refugees fleeing racial violence in the East at that time. So one evening, his guys were attacked and beaten up, and a couple of his cows were killed by unknown attackers. But it was pretty obvious it was the KKK. After assessing the situation, he couldn't really do much, as the police force were useless, as they only had about two guys in the town police. These attacks continued for a couple of weeks. Nobody was beat up again, but some cows were killed and fences and stuff were destroyed. Henry received a note saying that he had to get rid of all his black workers by the end of the week or they were going to burn down his ranch and kill everyone and everything. So he kind of said, screw this, and called his son, who just so happened to be on leave. His son and a couple of his army buddies were on leave and they pretty much had nothing else to do but come over. He was also really good friends with a biker gang in the area who he probably helped hide bodies on his land. So they came over and helped him prepare. No, he didn't want the police involved as he was an old guy and did things the old fashioned way. So he sent a couple of ranch hands over to town to get drunk and distract the police and he bailed them out in the morning. Basically, it was two underpaid cops trying to contain the drunken madness in a bar in a small town in the middle of the NM deserts. So one night, the clan pulled up ready to trash the place. The remaining ranch hands were having a bonfire and seemed completely oblivious to their impending doom. They were strapped though. Henry had his son and his buddies and the bikers hidden in the barns and sheds ready to attack. When the KKK showed up, they had gasoline cans and some weapons and there were about 10 of them. Basically, it plays out that the cowboys all acted drunk until the bikers and soldiers showed up and surrounded the clan and then pulled their guns out. Now, I never heard if anyone was killed or if he just gave them a good scare, but there hasn't been a single racial incident or animal murdered in that town since then. Also, Henry died a couple of years later from cancer probably because he smoked and dipped for like 60 years because it was healthy back then. Anyway, grandpa was cool and knew a lot of badasses like Henry. 
And there we go. Nobody likes the clan, do they? I mean, if you do and you're a fan of the clan, let me know in the comments down below because I'll block you forever. Uh, so yeah, do that. But hey, uh, fair play to your grandpa and for Henry for doing that and getting some good justice. Now, obviously, this story happened a long time ago. 1960s is now 60 years ago, which is crazy to think. But yeah, my point being that it's hard to qualify these events exactly. But hey, if they did happen, and who knows, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't really care. Good justice nonetheless. Karma generates interest over time. In the third grade, I was an awkward kid. I had a mean, drunk father. I struggled to fit in and make friends. I was bullied and shunned by other kids. One of my classmates, let's call him Derek, who regularly partook in bullying me, showed me kindness one day. Being deprived of kindness or attention so regularly, I was putty in his hands. He hung out with me during recess when I was usually alone. We laughed and talked about girls we like. He even apologized for being a butthole to me. The reason he was nice to me was because I had bought a very popular, expensive Batman action figure to school with me to pass the time, since I was alone mostly. I saved allowance and mowed lawns for two months to buy that toy. Everyone wanted one. By the end of the day, he asked me if he could borrow the action figure. And like the naive, socially inept kid I was, I trusted him with it. The deal was to return it the following morning. I went home so happy, completely fooled, I never suspected a thing. The following day, he completely ignored me. When I tried to talk to him, he acted like I was crazy. When I asked him to return the action figure, he simply said, You never gave me any Batman. Maybe you imagined it. And when I persisted, he threatened to beat me up. When I complained to my teacher, I was told that it was my own fault for bringing toys to school. I was afraid they'd involve my father, so I dropped her. I could not let my father know, or I'd be called a pushover and have my butt beat and be punished for the next two weeks. What's worse is that Derek told all the girls that I confided to him about fancying that I lusted after them and that I wanked to them. I was a social outcast before that, but at least I was tolerated. But after a smear campaign with the girls, I was a leper. People wouldn't even look me in the eyes not even the teachers. Kids started throwing stones at me. They sabotaged and vandalized my property. It was hell. I did nothing about it but cry. I was just a weak-willed kid after all. But to this day, I wish I'd bit someone's ear off or something. Anything in retaliation. After a while, the bullying died down. I focused on my studies and started getting good grades. Derek started talking to me again, but I ignored him completely. Sometimes he would repeat, Why are you being such a baby? You didn't give me anything. You imagined it. By the end of the year, we moved houses and I transferred to another school not far away. Things were much better there. I finally had friends and was not as naive anymore, so I was not as easily targeted. But I was still mostly me and still got picked on now and then. Over the years, I became somewhat of a delinquent and in high school, I got into regular fights. I may have been overcompensating for the lack of a spine I had, In my younger years i bartended in nightclubs hotels and cruise liners in my early 20s this helped me a lot to be more socially adept and to understand social dynamics and human nature i finished trade school and qualified as an electrician and later as a plumber i know water and electricity but believe it or not i thought it was ingenious at the time i started my own business developed a reputation for excellent workmanship in my local area and did well for myself When I was 29, I'm 36 now, I received a call at two in the morning for a flooding emergency at a local residence. When I got there, the place was a mess. Water was jetting out of a burst pipe and electrical equipment was shorted. It was highly dangerous. The living room floor was caved in due to a sinkhole. I was met by the wife, 
let's call her Jane. Hysterical and beside herself, she somehow thought that she was responsible, which I found odd. I assured her that it couldn't possibly be her fault. He arrived not five minutes later. His demeanor was irate. He didn't greet or shake my hand when I offered. I recognized him immediately. It was Derek from all those years ago. He demanded to know why I have not begun fixing the issue yet. I was professional. I told him what I'd told the wife in terms of costs, but I hid the written quote in my vehicle. I told him who I was and I acted happy to see him. I assured him that he was in good hands. After a while of arguing with his wife, he seemed to calm down and joked around with me. I knew I'd fooled him. We talked about careers, kids, our school days. I gave him tips and fake recommendations. We got along great. His trust was easy to gain. He must have thought of me as a complete sucker. I assured him that he was in good hands and this would be fixed in no time. I was careful not to start any actual work on the property as doing the smallest thing would make me responsible for all of it. Derek left after an hour or so and his wife stayed behind. I started my revenge. When I was doing my assessment, I noticed that most of the building did not comply with city regulation and did not adhere to the registered and approved plans. There were multiple safety hazards and all plumbing and electrical work was completed by unqualified and uncertified people in an attempt to save money. Also, the pipe in question had been leaking for a few weeks at least, getting worse by the day and finally causing a disaster which means their water bill would be astronomical at the end of the month unless a qualified plumber endorses a rebate with the municipality. I called my contact at the city, let's call him Donovan, and notified him of all the regulatory violations, safety hazards, and non-city compliant installations on the property. I also told him of the possible water bill. He promised to be there the next day. I immediately started photographing and documenting. The following morning, my contact was there at 10, He had a field day. He informed Derek's wife of the calamity that was to come. They'd be forced to tear down all the building additions, remove all the uncertified plumbing and wiring installations, have the plans re-approved and start from scratch, which is an estimated loss of approximately 950,000. Now, just to clear up, guys, this person doesn't live in the USA and they say later on to divide the amounts by eight and you have a rough estimate of the exchange rate. So let's say about 125,000, that is. Still, a lot of money. Derek was there in minutes. He was livid. He quickly threatened legal action, but Donovan simply told him that he had more than enough photograph evidence to have the property declared invalid within a week if Derek didn't comply in writing. Donovan reminded Derek that he does this for a living and that the city has more legal resources to waste money on than he does. I left Derek an invoice for my time just to smear salt in the wound and I took my leave. Later, he called me and called me every name under the sun. I remained silent and he hung up. He went on Facebook to rant about me, which was a bad idea. All of the community stood up for me and it started storytelling competitions where all kinds of people revealed stories of unsavory things that Derek had done to them in the past. Apparently, Derek has always been a butthole. He never changed. One day he called me and asked to meet. He sounded defeated and depressed, so I decided to meet and see what was up. I met him at a local busy convenience store. I know better than to take Derek the weasel at face value, so I noticed quickly when he laid his phone screen down on the table. I knew that he may be recording the conversation. He apologized for his behavior, which surprised me, and told me that this whole dilemma has all but bankrupted him. He told me he took out a loan for the building additions and cut corners to save money, that everyone does it. 
he showed me the water bill, which was nearly 80,000. A problem easily erased with a qualified plumber signature and endorsements. I refused. He got irate again. Then he asked me, why did you do this to me? I know I was horrible to you when we were kids, but I don't deserve to have mine and my wife's lives ruined because of mistakes I made when I was a kid. What kind of person are you? You told me I was in good hands. I trusted you. You assured me you'd help me. Then you stabbed me in the back. You quoted me only a few hundred and told me not to worry. I replied, I said no such thing. Stop lying. You told me that it would cost me a few hundred, maybe less. I heard you say it. You promised to help me, gave me recommendations. Why are you doing this to me? Derek, you must have imagined it. I looked him in the eye and he knew exactly why I said that. The same thing he said to me almost 20 years ago, I repeated it just to drive it home. You're being a baby. I never quoted you for anything. You imagined it. He knew I was destroying him financially because of a Batman action figure he stole from me 20 years ago. I could see it in his eyes, but he couldn't bring himself to say it. His expression was a mixture of astonishment and disgust. I looked him dead in the eyes for a few seconds for the effect, then got up and left. I slept like a baby that night and I had a goofy smile all week after. He tried calling me a few times, but I sent him a text stating that further harassment will be met with legal action. Derek, you know what your real name is and what mine is. If in future you read this and realize how I screwed you over, remember how costly that little Batman action figure was to you after years of accumulated interest in karma. The look of despair on your face when you realized why you're ruined was delicious. I cackled maniacally on the drive home from that convenience store. It was time for you to pay the piper. And if you think this will help you legally, go ahead and try. It won't, so don't waste your time. Or rather do, waste as much time and money as you want. I welcome being even more of a financial inconvenience to your life. F*** you, Derek. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Okay, wow. That story was genuinely phenomenal. Like, unbelievable in every sense of the word. I love how you put it so plainly, but it is literally the case, isn't it? One Batman action figure has caused the absolute total financial ruin of a man 20 years later. Like, that is such a ludicrous statement, but it is so true, and it's so perfect. 20 years of accumulating karma for that one moment where you literally go in and just decimate his entire life. He's never going to financially recover from this, nor does he deserve to. 
unbelievable. The one person that I do feel bad for, not gonna lie, is his wife because obviously his bullying back in the day is not her fault. But then again, she did choose to marry a bully. And it does sound like he's continued to bully or just be horrible in general to people for the 20 years after that Batman incident, judging by what people are saying about him. But wow, overall, I mean, unbelievable. Listen, no one likes a bully. And a lot of the time they get away with things and never have this sort of justice. So to see this happen after 20 years, it's incredible. What a story. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts.